What are you anticipating seeing, you know, amongst the New Zealand teams, given you've, you've given all that about the All Blacks? Oh, just so many good young players, mate. I don't know how you do it there. Oh, I do, because you've got three of the biggest uh, academies in the world. Fiji, Samara and Tonga. They're not bad. Oh, we were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Hello and welcome to another Drop Kickoff podcast. Uh, we just had Super Round. Uh, Super Rugby's back and we're back, uh, which is the most important thing. This week we're going to catch up, sorry for missing you last week, um, but we're going to catch up on both rounds, go through the teams quickly and talk about all the rugby that happened this weekend. We're not going to talk about the Mandalorian because, uh, I, I mean, I started this podcast because I thought it was a culture podcast, but apparently now it's a rugby podcast, so we can't talk about culture anymore. So, um, culture one's not for a couple of weeks. We're good. I love that you're you're making reference to a joke that no one else got the chance to hear, and now they're listening to it without the context. No, yeah, they, don't, they don't need to know. They, they know the context. <laughs> um, uh, let's crack on. We're on a schedule tonight. Um, I have to get up early for international call tomorrow, so I'm definitely on a schedule. Ooh, uh, aren't you special? Podcast. I am special. Yeah, I work for a global company. Anyway, what can I say? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, key takeaways of this uh, super round. Uh, the Rebels did pretty well. Um, the Waratahs did pretty well, but they won their game. Uh, the Brumbies did super well. And, uh, uh, I don't know, the Reds kind of, like, destroyed the force. Um, I don't know where to start, but yeah, I'll start with great, you. Great laugh. All right, that's the pod. We're done. Thanks. Yeah, that's the pod, yeah. I, think, I feel like you couldn't have done it. Like... Like and review, and yeah, catch you the next. No, time. we're starting. We're starting from high level. We're going into medium level. Right, let's talk about the Australian, uh, the Australian games first, chronologically. Uh, Rebels, Hurricanes, Nathan. Rebels down by six. Mate, what a game! I mean, we're at a point where they were looking like the Hurricanes might blow them away, but geez, the Rebels—they hung tough that second half as well. Like Carter Gordon, all of a sudden turned a corner. He's got electric speed for a fly half and it was just at that point we just took the game on and really turned turned it in their favour the likes of Richard Hardwick and Brad Wilkin great over the ball for him just kept winning turnover after turnover and legitimately got to a stage where they produced a performance where Rebels fans could be proud of like there was a moment they were down by a point with eight minutes to go and the, the, the Rebels chant went up around the ground I was just like this is the first time I've heard this in a long time and you're just kind of sitting there feeling like okay this is this team's got something. Contrast that to seven days earlier, where they kind of played a terrible second half against the Force. It was a real step up, and you know what? It's a real positive for the, for the Rebels, despite the loss. Yeah, but the question I want to ask is, is it because of that they were galvanised by uh, the whole Artie situation and the whole thing that went down there, or the fact that was it the fact that this is just a side of the rebels that we haven't seen in a ridiculously in a ridiculously long time? I agree with you. I think it's like probably the best performance the rebels have had under Kevin um, Foot in his time as as coach, and it was the first time you're like, finally, the boys have got some actual guts to it. But they still didn't win, which was disappointing. But it was it was a, the question was uh, you, you definitely would assume that if they played more halves like that second half, they're going to win a lot more games. The question is, do we think it's an actual corner turner? I personally am not convinced yet, personally. Nah, they always have a game like this season. Remember when they beat the Crusaders? Uh, I think it was like four seasons in? Was there, no, it's their first season. First season they won. Yeah, okay. So a bit of Dolphins energy there. Yeah, um, it's, it's one of those ones. It's tough to tell like at this stage, but I think that they've got quality coming back in. Like um, Callaway will come back in three weeks, I think. Um, Glenn Vaio also on the wing gives them a lot more like firepower to convert a lot of the chances that they just weren't. Um, Pono, if they can get more minutes into him, he's just a weapon that can just take take over every game. And, and if they get you know Philip and Leota back towards the end of the season, like they'll win a lot more games than what people think. It's just their problem is they just can't stay fit. They just if they can find a way to limit the injuries, start building that cohesion. I generally reckon that this can be a moment where they turn the corner and, and shock a couple of teams. Look, I, I agree with both Nathan and Nick regarding their responses. I think one of the challenges are that Rebels have been seen to be able to do something. You know, every season there's this standout game and let's go on and continue and work hard 
They just don't do it. I think the difference in this round that's just happened in this game is that they stuck to it without their biggest defensive weapon and leading by example in Wells. They continue to push forward in the breakdown and contested the breakdown. And, you know, what I'm going to talk about throughout pretty much every club is the clubs, um, you know, that have gone through and put the pressure against these Kiwi teams this week have been the ones that have worked the breakdown the best. And I think it showed. I, th- I think that the high level of turnovers, the extremely impressive defense at times, I think they were just unlucky, um, you know, that they didn't win that game. And, and I think six points is a good reflection for them. Yeah, well said. I think they're, they're kind of like an enigma of Australian rugby. Um, I mean, they've got a lot of talent there, but they've just never managed to pull it together. But I think, you know, we'll talk about that kind of breakdown stuff later. Uh, when we get on to the uh, Brumbies. But I guess um, next off the cab rank is um, the Waratahs and the Drua. Uh, I think this was 17-10 at halftime or 17-17. And uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Waratahs ended up like blowing them out of the water. Um, I guess we had Nathan thoughts, thoughts on this game. I mean, it's if you looked at the scoreline, you wouldn't have thought it was as close as it was. Like, the, for 45 minutes, the drill really took it to it. Like, they look impressive. And I honestly, any team that has to go to Fiji and play the same, good luck. Because I, I was in Melbourne for Super Round, and every single, like, hit up, you could just, the crowd was, who were 90% Fijians, were just wait, waiting for everyone, just going, oh, boom, boom. Boom. And you're just like, I just sitting there watching it being like, oh my goodness, what is this? Like, it was incredible. And it just, it was a really good win for the Waratahs. Like, it's a young side who were quite clearly frustrated after last week's loss. That frustration kept over into this Jura game. And they, they worked it out and found a way to get over the line. I mean, they got, got helped out by a couple of unfortunate injuries and yellow cards. But they did their job. They saw an opportunity, and they took it. And it's something which we've been critical of Australian teams not doing, not using that advantage, not, you know, smelling blood in the water and putting a team away pretty convincingly. So, you know what? I was, I was pretty impressed with what the Waratahs threw up there, especially in that second half. Yeah, good bounce back from the Brumbies. And I thought in particular, actually, just a shout-out, like, Marky Mark, man, he's just looking better and better. Remember when he first played, uh, was it two years ago was his debut season? And he was... Couldn't shrug off a tackle, and now he's just bumping off those um, Jura wingers. I think for that for that try, you know, he cut in and he bumped two dudes off. I, I love to see it. Um, Josh, I saw, I saw him at just a side note. I saw him at media today. Um, oh yeah, interviewing him. He is huge. He, yeah. he he's put on so much muscle, and he just you can see why. He's just an absolute freak, and has now become one of those people that all of a sudden thrown him in, throw himself into Wellby selection after just you know. After a rapid last 12 months with, you know, culminating in that game against Wales. Yeah, you'll have to see a bit of boys put a bit of muscle. Um, uh, Josh, you got any thoughts about um, men putting on muscle with the Waratahs, which are more or less the same thing? Oh, look, I think that there's been a big focus on fitness and team and, and the ability to maybe emphasise that they've got a little bit of, you know, vigour about them. I still don't think that anyone in their right mind should run up against any Fiji player. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you know, beggars beware. <laughs> like some of those shots that were just devastating. I don't care what anyone says, um, you know, especially when the props went full belt. Um, you know, who, who was Lockie Swinton? Didn't he get absolutely dropped on his ass um, from that two-man tackle? Wasn't that sublime? Hmm. How nice is it to see him get rocked? Not, not good, not good. Also, very good, very good. Very good. As the leader of the Lockie Swinton hate club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, want, I want the boy to prove me wrong. I always do. I, I'll say that at, as the, at, at the start of every single um, rant that I go on. <laughs> uh, I think Nathan's lining up a session where you can take a run at him, Nick. Um, <laughs> see how that goes. Toby, um, I'll, I'll back you, mate. Toby, if you listen to this, we can sort this out. Uh, um, we can sort this out. You actually, you know what? Um, you know how they have like you know like penalty shootouts in soccer or whatever. They should have like a run at me competition that decided like a drawn game in rugby. I can win the collision. 
Just a run it straight battle. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma drill, that's what they call it in the NFL. Isn't that what the line <laughs> dropout does now? Pretty much. Yeah, they so. need more of that. More oh, of yeah. Um, I guess, should we have a quick word about the Drua, seeing as they're technically like an Australian conference team? Um, I will say, let's do a contrast compared to this this fixture, um, this fixture 12 months ago, uh, where it was a similar scoreline that, that saw the Drua bl- um, blown off the park by the Tars. I will say that this this Druid team does look a lot better in terms of actual physical contest. I think that uh, in that game uh, where the Tars were looking okay, but they clearly weren't on all firing on all cylinders with the first, you know first game under with a new coach, a bunch of players back. Cohesion was still you know something that was being developed, um, but the Druid side did not look remotely as physical or as intimidating. As this, um, you know, as uh, as the likes, as as the one that kept, that took field on Saturday. So physical contact, amazing, fantastic. I think it was just a case of once the Tars worked out the strategy, they found holes in them left, right, and centre. That was the, the simple truth. That it was a, it was a game of of it was just pure strategy at the end of the day that uh, proved the difference for the uh, for between the scoreline. Um, I hope the Drew recovered from this, though, because I think the, their game against Moana Pacifica in round one showed that they they are looking to play a smarter style of rugby this year, and really, I think that's the key thing that separates them. We just we just want them to play Fijian flair, but a key factor in Fijian in Fijian flair working well is uh, a great strategy and a way to work it. If they fig- if they figure out a way to work it, they're going to win a lot more games. Uh. Yeah, yeah, and and um um uh, uh, as an aside, Nathan, uh, I don't know if you heard anything about this, but um, friend of the pod, Christy Doran, um, reported in the raw that uh, Mick Byrne, the Fiji coach, Mick Byrne, obviously the old skills coach. Funnily enough, just a bit of trivia, uh, former AFL player. I don't know if that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, but he was complaining that a uh, English-speaking doctor was talking to a draw player. Um, whose English wasn't that good, and that a drill player had to conduct a concussion assessment um, in English. Did you hear yeah, anything I, about this? Yeah, I was in. I was in this press conference when he said it. Um, said it, it was last week at Mount Smart. So basically, he was like bemoaning the system. I, essentially, for those who didn't see the game, it was um, both hookers had gone down. They, I think, a front row had been yellow carded as well. So. 15 and 4, it was 15 and 14, So, but when the next scrum came, that to go to uncontested and went to 13. And he was basically saying, I'm cool with that rule, I'm fine with it, but, and I know people try and object it, so try and get around it, but we need to be better in terms of our HIA systems, and told the story about how he's one of his players who didn't speak a word of English, or not didn't speak a word of English, but English was very poor, got asked, so what stadium are you playing at? Now, he didn't understand what the dude was saying, so he was like, I don't know. And instantly got got told, no, nah, he's concussed. He's not coming back on. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, which is which is wild to think. Yeah, <laughs> just imagine speaking a second language concussed anyway. I'm like, imagine um, if we, imagine if we go to France, and then we go, all right, we get a French doctor speaking, and you, you're asking them to do it do it in French. Like, yeah, we'd be stuffed. Mm. But it's it's one of those things. It's it's a challenge that they have. And they they kind of they're looking to address it, and they they just kind of bring in light to just be like, hey, we got to be better with this, guys. We got to be better with with how we deal with this. So. Yeah, um, really interesting. I remember I just recall a, a comment by um, Tier Two Rugby, um, who's, who's on Twitter, saying that um, a lot of the the you know that kind of Nigel Owens, Wayne Barnes, kind of really chatty kind of English speaking refs. It's like well. For a lot of teams that aren't in the Six Nations, the players play in France, so their French is a lot better. And obviously, there's different kind of terms and stuff that the French use that the English don't. So that's actually a huge disadvantage that no one ever talks about. And I guess like, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. It's uh, those things that you don't really comprehend. Um, you never think about so you get into that situation. So yeah, yeah, oh, totally, totally. But anyway, moving on, um, uh, Nick. Uh, take a deep breath because I'm going to hit you up. Uh, 
Brumbies Blues. Um, I'm just going to throw this out. Was this the best game of the tournament? I mean, of the round? Def- uh, and I guess the tournament so far. This was an amazing game. Nick, talk to us. It was an amazing game. You're absolutely right. Tough, tough call on if it was the game of the round because the Rebels Hurricanes game was outstanding. I will say that it was just so freaking good to see that the two best games of the round were the the Trans Tasman ga- uh, matches. Um, but yeah, I mean, good chat. Good chat. but let's just call, I mean let's let's just say there's there's looks like there's a really nice little resurgence in the Blues Brumbies rivalry because uh, let's not forget how close the semi final was last year. Um, you know where the Blues went down um, one by one point, I think it was or something equivalent against the against the Brumbies. Um, this was a great game. Just. A real back and forth. Brumbies got out to a really early lead with the penalty try and Muirhead as well. And then Lockie Lonigan um, scoring as well off the back of a, of a fantastic uh, move by the forwards. And then the Blues just stuck at it. When you've got someone like Bowden Barrett who can whittle a point, who can whittle a lead back, it's uh, you're going to win a lot of games. But, Was um, that fantastic move a rolling more by any chance? Oh, you know... Simple things please please the forward in me, and uh, there is nothing more beautiful in this world than a rolling mall try. It, it was it was a funny game, hey, like like it was really good, but also kind of scrappy, uh, which was also the Brumby's previous game against Waratahs. I wonder if there's a theme in that. Um, They're beating the snot out of each other. That's what it like, was. It was a physical. It, it was. Yeah, but it was also like I don't think there's been more dropped balls on such a dry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wicket before, and also I don't think there's been more more stopped. And I mean, Josh, uh, I mean I'm I'm pretty sure you took your shirt off when you saw this. Um, but at the end, Nick White stopping a rolling ball by himself oh, to win the game. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Nick White, the little mongrel, the little devil he is, just like three Blues players. And like the thing that got me the most in that scene, and if anyone ever wants to go and watch that very last minute, I think you'll be happy to watch. And there is Nick White under three Blues players kicking his legs like a baby on a change table. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But he held onto that ball for dear life. Yeah. That's... It, was, it was just all heart from the Brummies, especially that second half. They just they tackled everything that moved. They, they're, even the replacement props that came on, guys who had you know no names... No name value to him before the season. You know, Blake Shop and uh, um, Reese Van Neek. All of a sudden, two guys who have filled pretty big holes in, in terms of, you know, Scott Seo departing and Al Toa going off for a HIA like 10 minutes in. Like, the Brummies just find a way of just finding these props and being like, yeah, we're going to turn you into a world-class player. Yeah, well, and that's actually kind of funny. And, and, and I mean, we're trying to... We're, we're talking to the Brumbies now, trying to get someone on. But I think that's like a huge question like this is the key to like wallaby success is like what you're saying Nathan like they're a conveyor belt they know what to do with players Stephen Larkin comes in I mean he's changed one or two things but they're slick as um I guess Josh you're the resident coach I mean how do you see it what, what's your kind of feeling about the Brumbies I think the the biggest thing about the Brumbies at the moment is they're not reliant on all the same players in the same capacity right now They've adapted to the new laws and the speed of the game. And what they are doing is they're all being called now the finishers, not the bench, um, you know, but the finishers are coming on and they're really just finalising the game. And the Brumbies have done that really well by closing out games for many seasons now, especially, you know, leading the Australia Conference for quite a long time. Um, but I think what you're seeing now is Larkin's really playing a chess game of rugby. And I absolutely love it. I can't wait to see what this season brings, and I really can't wait for the Brumbies uh, and the Crusaders game. <laughs> um, so just, just two names to throw out there in terms of Larkham. Larkham and Laurie will always get the praise, but um, I get one Rod Seed, their main assistant, absolute mm-hmm. gut. That all of a sudden is really just flying under the radar. And another one, uh, Dan Palmer. The yeah. new he got a write-up this morning somewhere? Well, yeah. Well, the word is... Um, He's being eyed off for the Wallabies job as a as a as a scrum coach, and I, like having spoken to, I spoke to Al Al Tower before the season started. I spoke to a couple of other Brumbies. They rate him so highly. They like they generally reckon he's one of the best scrum coaches in the world. 
100 percent can you deny 100%. it can you deny it with the strength of like how well that scrum performed on the weekend and I mean, everyone says, oh, yeah, the Brumbies always go to the Rolling Mall. They do it for a reason, because the Rolling Mall is really good. Like, the- I also compare that to the Waratahs. When you lost Angus Bell, well, when, when we lost Angus Bell, um, the scrum went... No. But, you know, like what you were saying before, Nathan, um, was it Shoop and Van Neck? Mm. It come in, it's like, and you come in, you're not coming for anyone, you're coming in for Ala Toa and Slipper. Like, it's not, um... Yeah. It's, like, it's a not, tough nobody's... ask. And they've, they've just come in and just like, absolutely dominated a Blues pack, which, again, Russell, I don't think it was their their first choice starting front rowers. Still very solid pack. They just kind of got on the top off and just demolished for a lot of the game. So, like, credit to you... what the Brumbies are doing and just building all the depth in the world down there. And I think that's the thing, right? The, what the Brumbies are doing as a club and facilitating development and player engagement in those levels and those key positions on a rugby pitch, right? Like your tight head, your loose head, they are key positions for lots of aspects of a rugby game. And, you know, honestly, if I was ever in that position, I'd love to have Al Alatoa, you know, or Slipper being my, uh, you know, carer when I'm coming through the ranks because imagine just all the information and, and teachings that they learn and they showed what they what they can do. On the weekend, and it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, totally. I think just actually bringing that up, um, and I know we're, we're trying to be on a schedule here, but I just want to say it again, like the the Ford Pack malls. Nick, you mentioned Nick Frost. I know uh, 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 Mark, Marky Mark um, is huge, but Nick Frost is uh, a man mountain. He held up probably about seventeen malls by himself. <laughs> uh, was it Shoop? He took about three pilfers. Ben New got two. Ship got, I think, one. Things they they both combined really well. Oh, just insane! Um, pity that they the Waratahs. But... I'm just gonna say, shout out Rory Scott as well. One of those guys that just plays under the radar at the at the yeah. front, tackles everything that moves, and it's just a, a beast at rock time. Um, but yeah, actually, we'll, we'll get back to remind me to bring up Nick Frost and Darcy Swainman. We move on. Um, but I guess we've done three out of five teams uh, who played on the weekend. I guess the final game uh, was the the, the Reds. Um, I don't know, kind of like um, sending the force to space. Um, Josh, you're a Reds fan. Oh, that I am. That I am, and um, I am very happy right now. Well, I think what I've seen and that I love the most is that we've now got a ten that's a bit of a mungle doesn't run away, doesn't shy from contact. And I really appreciate that in a 10. Pataya's getting his hand on the ball and doing some Pataya-esque shit. Um, you know, you dropping like, it? hey, he may drop it, but he also break, broke the line. I think it was 85% of his runs. He broke the first defender on the weekend, which is a really, really big feat, even for talented fullbacks. Um you know, I was very upset that that first try wasn't allowed, as you would have seen in the chat when it went from me gloating to me crying very swiftly. Um, but then, you know, you look at the, the overall back line and speed. But well, I didn't realise that Fluke had such speed. That was phenomenal to watch him playing outside centre and just, you know, straight down that sideline. Uh, and then, of course, uh, who doesn't love Vunavalu? Now, I think we all held our breath and cried a little bit when we thought his hammy had gone right before that try. Um, you know, I think the old commentators curse and everyone just went, oh, no. Uh, but it helps being six foot four or six foot five uh, and just jumping at the five metre line to score that try. <laughs> Reminded me of the Danny Cipriani cramp that he did when he was midway running through scoring a try for the Rebels years ago. When he kind of had to limp over the, uh, over the, over the try line to score it. <laughs> And, I, and then followed it up with the worst celebration I've ever in my entire life. It was terrible. Like, just, I would not. Cop, I would not cop this. That's that's. Sorry, the Cipriani celebration is godlike. <laughs> I'm not. Copping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not copping that. I was done. Extraordinary player, yeah, not uh, a great dancer. Isn't there a great Ridiculous moment like, with that uh, number eight used to play for the Reds with a huge afro? Rudiki Samu. Yeah, wasn't there Rudiki Samu like? <laughs> Oh, maybe it was that after he scored that try, that that sixty meter try, he was limping after that. He's done he's done uh, so many tries, things that incredible man. But 
Um, but yeah, um, I guess, Nick, um, I'll throw it over to you. Reds and Force, I don't know, uh, you can add on to what Josh was saying about the Reds, and then we have to talk about the Force. Lest we be called East Coast Elitist. <laughs> well, I certainly, hope, I certainly hope not, seeing as I'd, I've just come off uh, the podcast... Um, <laughs> just come off the podcast with Jimmy Duffy last uh, last week where we were talking yeah, about... Yeah, we've interviewed two um, Western Australians. That's uh, Duffy and um, Coops. Coops. Yeah, I know. We're, you can't accuse us of being East Coast elitists. We, we are but, so but I will say, uh, and it, it's good a good time to, to mention this because, you know, in that podcast it was a really fascinating chat because Jimmy's a really smart... Guy, he's, he's been around, uh, been around in Irish rugby for a good twenty years or so, and the key thing that he was really talking about uh, with the force um, was the the idea that they really need to actually start to build that winning culture. That's the thing that they've always lacked. They've always had heart. They've always had belief. Um, but the thing is, is that they, the, the, it says a lot that they've only really been able to manage five wins on the trot, like once or twice in their entire history. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why I think their fans love them so much. They are a real underdog club within super rugby in general, but, uh, you know, Crony wants to turn that around with, uh, with the fact that <clears throat> they want to, they want to actually start winning games. They want to start being competitive. Um, it's, it says, and I think it's, it says a lot. I mean, you bloody hope they want to start being. Yeah, but they want to actually win the damn thing. And I think looking at uh, the result on the weekend, just with the force, they, they were, you know, how do you polish your turd? <laughs> That's the truth. Well, they were, I mean, they beat the Rebels. Well, yeah, no, they did. So here's the thing. They did beat the Rebels and that was, and that was also a really positive performance turning around from, you know, being two converted tries down. To, to put together that performance, which was really positive. But, you know, I think uh, Bryce Higgity, I think he was in post-match, uh, post the Reds game, pretty much said it, that that was not a performance that a professional rugby team should put out on the paddock. Their discipline was all over the place. They were really bullied, frankly, in the physical contest. Um, it was quite... They were, and you know, I mean, they were showing some fight and they scored a try in the second half, but they were completely out enthused. Um, but going back to... Which was, you know, really, really disappointing for, for that side after what was a, a pretty positive start in uh, round one. Can I ask you, Nick? Um, Simon Cron, who's your Facebook friend, I assume. Um, Facebook friend, Instagram, follow each other on LinkedIn, name it. On LinkedIn, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at least second connection there. Um, how do you think he's going? Um, and Nathan, I also want to know your thoughts, but thinking of first, so some crime, like, he's just come in, obviously, but... It's two weeks in, so I think it's fair to say he hasn't really had the chance to, to you know, really bring everything to fruition yet. I think he's also dealt with, you know, some unique challenges. I think he was really hoping that someone like Rodder was going to stick around. Uh, I don't think he planned to, to bring Thrush back. Um, and I think it does... I kind of did ask the question, we did ask the question of, you know, is, is Thrush the best lock that Western Australian rugby has at the moment? He's uh, 30, I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but he was he literally came out of retirement to play um, <laughs> for... Well, it's kind of a kick in the teeth when Darcy Swain sitting on his ass with the Brumbies. Mm, well, it's, it, I mean, it, it's... The, I think that there, he's been he's been handed a couple of, of challenges for his first you know for his first couple of games. I reckon he'll come good um, and he'll they'll get into into the swing of things. But he would be pretty livid with that second half performance uh, as any coach would be. But you know, considering I reckon he he the style that he wants to go for, the aggression that he wants to go for, the the no bullshit that we did see in round one. I think that kind of come from behind win against the Rebels is a bit more, you know, similar to other games that, that I've, that I've seen with Crony, uh, as coach, kind of that, you know, style that he takes, uh, force didn't get up in that second half. They were just blown off the park in all honesty. And, you know, there was a point where their discipline just, they lost all of that discipline and the, and the Reds were just kind of picking holes through them. So pretty disappointing. I reckon, you know, you can't really tell off two games how a coach is going. You've got one win, you've got one loss. That's better than two losses. I'll say that. Nathan. Nathan. I th- Simon I Cron. Th- I think this is the week where we figure out how good of a coach Simon Cron is. 
it's very easy to get a side up for round one. You know, new coach, fresh atmosphere, fresh change. Uh, you know, the story around Jeremy Thrush. But it takes a really good coach to get a team up after a second half like they've gone through. Everything went wrong. I mean, lost lost their captain, Michael Wells, to a HIA. Lost Jeremy Williams to a HIA. Had a guy red carded that was eventually rescinded. Um, everything went wrong for them in that second half. Yeah, they then return home to a game against Hawaiian Pacifica, which they should they will enter as favourites. This is where we see how good Simon is. No, he... It's also a pretty easy starting fixture. Rebels, like, no offence, but, like, come on. Rebels, Reds, um, Moana. Reds are, Reds are not a sim- Sorry, Reds are not an easy team. No, no, they're not, but, you know. Yeah, Moana. Moana I mean, but... Rebels and Moana more, more so. They'd back themselves beat Moana. And I, Both at I, home as well, we should say. Sorry, 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 sorry. But, again, how, it's the question of how much scarring is on this side after arguably one of their worst losses in club history. This is, well, where, I think we out, this is where we figure it out. You should have a look at some of the replays and watch the moments where there's players that just bow their head and stop running. That was the worst sign for me in that game, was players were just letting the ball, once it was past them, they were not even running. They were just walking and their heads were down, just waiting for it to finish. And, you know, I, I think that's something that they definitely need to, I would uh, get a stick and beat the shit out of it, to be honest. Um, but I think that's something that, you know, yeah. as you said, it's the turnaround for them. If they can do it, this will be the week to show it. Because if not, you know, well, you know, they say an underdog, but one is going to come out absolutely blaring if they're not careful. And just, sorry, two points on that. One, if any captain's going to do that, it's Michael Wells. He is... That's true. He is the most black and white person I've ever, I've ever spoken to about rugby. He's openly admitted this is a job job to him, and he's just like, I'm not taking it that bears. Secondly, and it's, again, a great point you raised there, Josh, because when you look at their next... After Moana, they're on the road in New Zealand the next three weeks. Now, if you go, go into that, one and two after two bad defeats... Having to play Highlanders, which is, again, not a team that's been in form, but then having to play the Blues and Hurricanes, all of a sudden, your season could be, your season could be all of a sudden unraveling by round six. Like, it's, it puts you in a really dangerous situation if you can't, you can't get the job done here and just rewrite the ship. 100%. 100%. And I think there's a big task at hand. But, you know, there are the players there in that team to do it. To be honest, there really is. It's just a matter of them stepping up and creating that team culture to say, no, we're winning and we're going to pull our finger out and do it. I think it's accountability. It's accountability on it. And I hope they do not underestimate this Moana Pacifica side. Um, I, I think they are similar to the Drewer in that they'll be physical. They'll be up for the challenge. Um, and I, they would probably also sniff blood in the water at their end, considering the two losses mm. that they've had. Um, that they've sustained. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably agree with that, Nath. Pretty precarious times. But I think Cronny has it in him to turn it around and produce a good performance um, in this team. And I think that the team would probably be really, frankly, pissed off at themselves that they not only let the game that game get away from, uh, away from them, but the fact that they gave up as well. But in addition, uh, the, the Reds looked fantastic. Um, it's it would be hard to you know it, it's it's an indication of the of the force and where they are that uh, you know a good team can can stop Reds the Red, a team like the Reds playing that sort of style of game. Uh, they're clearly not there yet. They clearly need to work on it. But let's also not take away from the fact that the Reds I think were playing really really well and really positive rugby, which was just good to see for them. I think that. Again, similarly, this is a, a this coming weekend is the next is the is the game where we really see if they're the real deal. Brumbies in Canberra, um, really really interesting clash. Pumped. Okay. Um, Pumped. Yeah. Before we get ahead of ourselves, Nicholas. Um, Nicholas Vasiliev. Um, but yeah, Nathan, I just want to say about uh, Force. I was just looking at fixtures. That's pretty cool. Three weeks in New Zealand, and then they're playing the Waratahs in Sydney. And then, oh, they're on a break. Then they're playing the Waratahs in Sydney. Then they're going to play the Highlanders again in Perth. Um, so that's crazy. So they're playing the Highlanders twice in four weeks. Anyway, yeah. hopefully for them that the Highlanders 
for having a bad season. But uh, on, on the flip side, on the flip side of that, they then once they get that um, that three week period of, out of New Zealand, I was like three week period in New Zealand out of the way, they only have one. They only have to play Crusaders in NZ, and then they're in Australia for the rest of the time. Like they've that, got four of their sorry in their last four games, three are at home, and the fourth one is against the Rebels in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it balances out. It's actually a good run home if they can get through this with some level of momentum. Like they can, they can honestly make a push for for a, you know try and jag a jag a final spot. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, and just a note to everyone: actually, not every team's playing each team twice. They're playing some teams twice. I know the Waratahs and Reds are only playing once, for example, and I think the Waratahs are only playing the Force once as well. Yeah, real weird. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, I guess talk about Super, the Super Round. Let's just talk about the Super Round before we get into the Wallabies. I guess that's what we're going to talk about. Um, how do you think about the Super Round went? Is it cool? Um, I guess we'll end with you, Nathan, but I guess Nick and Josh, what do you reckon? It was better than last year. I'll say that. The quality Ow. quality Ow. of rugby was better and the crowds were better. Um, the question I... But were they good enough, though? The crowds, were they actually good enough for a Super Round? No, but what I'm saying... No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not... I'm saying that they were better, which which highlights how dire last year was. I'm not saying it was True. successful. Um, the question I ask is... The quality... I think the concept has great legs to it. Um, the question is, is Melbourne the right place to host it? That's my question. Because... I think even though the quality of the rugby's there and I think that the audience is there and the uh, the concept is good, I am just wondering if... And, 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 and full concept, full context, I can see what they're doing because because you're, you're, you, when you've got an audience of uh, and a catchment area the size of Melbourne um, where rugby is not seen as one of the dominant sports, you want to go there and you want to do it as a, as a, as a centrepiece uh, for your season. Um AFL's not. And the AFL isn't on either, correct. So, but, you know, we've done two seasons of this now. Um, they were at half capacity for the Rebels-Hurricanes game. There were 15,000 there during that game. And I know there was a decent chunk on Friday night as well. The, the question is, is Melbourne the right place for Super Round, or should it go elsewhere in coming seasons? Elsewhere. I was just going to say, I, and for, for context as well, it's... You know, no AFL going on, yes. Also, Ed Sheeran on that Friday night, so you had 90,000 at the G already. So, Snoop Dogg Saturday, Sunday at Rod Laver, 100 metres away. So, there's thing with Melbourne, it's a big city event no matter what. A big event city, rather. So, you're always going to have always gonna be competing against something. But I kind of tend to agree with you guys. Like, I, I, I don't worry. I, I did not like how Melbourne got behind it. Like, I was walking around seeing... You know, seeing Moana jerseys, seeing New Zealand jerseys, and you're like, okay, this is pretty cool. Like, this is, this, I've been, like, in the middle of the CBD, seeing these, these guys rock around in those in jerseys you wouldn't see in Melbourne. But you look at the other options and you go, would it, you know, we've seen how it works in Brisbane in terms of the NRL version. Would that be better? I, yes, I think it's one of those formats, ultimately, that's probably going to work best in New Zealand. It hurts me to say it, but. If you put it in a place like a Wellington or a Dunedin, you know, they've just lost the sevens in New Zealand, so they're looking to prove that they can do that festival atmosphere, that really kind of big event feel. Let's try it over there. Let's see what it can do. You know, if New Zealand's as rugby mad as it leads on, they'll get behind a weekend like this. So I reckon that's your next move. No, this is... I swear this is just me trying to pitch a New Zealand trip to get over there. I swear. But... I just want to say I just want to see how it works over there. I, I think that's if it doesn't work in in one of those areas, then I think the concept's dead. I think we just go back to what, how it was before. But I think that's that's the next logical step. I agree. I think really the only smart step is to actually send it to New Zealand and allow that bandwagon to grow really, really heavily. Allow the the royalty that is rugby to be lessened across said nation. And then have it come back to large areas um, of support, you know, like Queensland, even New South Wales. I even think that WA would have even done better, to be honest, than Melbourne. Um, And and I think that's something that we're just missing. And and I get it. Like, 
you know, if you look at it from a perspective of going, well, there's so many other big catch items in Melbourne that weekend. Let's try and see if we can get, you know, piggyback off them a little bit as well. That's sort of what it felt like. But, like, I've got family that live in Melbourne and not one of them seen an ad for the Super Rugby Round. Yeah, well, it was all kind of a private company doing it um, and all that kind of jazz. And I imagine Melbourne Sports Authority, whatever, threw some cash at them um, to subsidise it. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, you can't help but think that it would be just great if they... It was. I, I can't think it was Turing. They did Brisbane one year, then did Auckland, then went to Perth, and then, I don't know, went to Hong Kong or whatever, or Japan. Um, it'd be cool. It'd be cool and give it some kind of... More of a car- carnival atmosphere, and I guess kind of what you said before, Nathan, like capture that Sevens carnival atmosphere. Be cool. Anyway, well, the weeks. Nick, I can start with you here. We, I guess we can go through the teams. You go Rebels and uh, Waratahs and whatnot. Um, go that way. But who do you think Eddie's looking at after this Super Round? Give us, give us five names. What, from the Rebels or just from, like, all all, Every, to all clubs? All of them. All of them. That's the all of them, actually. Well, it's... I mean, let's... Let, we should always... We should probably start by talking about that... The picture that's been circulating around the... Uh, the... The kind of rugby land in terms of, you know, some of the players that um, he's been looking at and the players that he's been speaking to uh, and everything like that. Um, this is interesting. It's... I think Eddie's got... I think if you're going to look at, at in terms of names and people that I think he should be considering and having a look at, I think there are some some standouts from previous eras, from the Rennie era, that I think uh, really stood up. I think, you know, let's not... The, the, the Brumby scrum of Slipper, our, our Toa, uh, would be, you know, real... Uh, real people standing up for him in terms of the in terms of the scrum. Um, you know, Parecki is also looking really, really solid. Um, of course, Hooper, and I think he was—he uh, highlighted Gleeson and the work that uh, that he did really, really well. But in terms of uh, of out in the backs, I think um, you know Marky Mark is a clear standout for him. Um, I also was really personally impressed with Ta- with uh, Tane Edmed. Um, there was one thing I really noted in in his win over the Drew was how flat he stands. Like he's prepared, he's prepared to to take on some hits and stuff and that's actually like he's quite gutsy for such a young for such a young 10 which I hadn't noticed before that uh, in terms of willingness to go into contact and in that particular space um lot to like in that in the in that regard but you know I think I think <laughs> we say it before but I mean you can't look at that performance against the force and not think that Vunavalu should at least be in consideration for the camp as well that would be my last name um We've said it forever, and I mean, there was some interesting stuff that came out that of Vunavalu and how he felt pressured and, and really struggled uh, to try and get into Rennie's good books, which probably played an impact into him, you know, getting into the squad on a regular basis. But uh, I reckon there's a lot of names to pull out there of, uh, in terms of folks that uh, Eddie will be interested in. Yeah, I wonder if it's a long play by Hamish to. Uh, replace Rennie with Eddie Jones so that Finavali starts playing well again uh, to get his attention. That's, um, it's that reason and that reason only. Only that reason. Yeah, this if, that's is like, where, if that's the lone reason, then that's the reason you believe. I've got this nice bridge in Circular K I want to sell to you. Big silver. <laughs> it's all yours for a great price. <laughs> um, I would say, for my players, I'm going to go all, all bolters. All people who weren't involved in the team on the squad previously. And I'm really making a case for itself. I mean, no surprisingly, start the Brumbies. Ryan Lonigan, just such a smart player. You know, back showed it with that Muirhead try against the Waratahs and just has a control and a underrated, underrated goal kicker as well. He's just a, he's a natural leader as well. He's just I, I can generally see him being that third half alongside. You know, I think Nick White's your one. Tate's probably second, and then I could see him battling Gordon for three. Uh, Corey Tool, just gas. That's all. He, like he's just he's just <laughs> gas and mullet. Mate, that's all you need. Tick, tick, tick. Sounds like a Sunday barbecue, that gas and mullet. Mate, sorted. No new restaurant. As I, speaking of speaking of glorious hairstyles, uh, Brad Wilkin. Again, all the, all the seven chat that we have around, you know, is it Fraser McWright? Is it Gamble? Is it Hooper? He's such a beast for the Rebels and just flies under the radar. 
Like, he's a big body defender, gets over the ruck. He's just, he does everything right. So, I can't see why, why he wouldn't push his way in this election. Um, um, anyone else? I guess a man we've talked about before, a couple of reds to finish. Again, man Josh likes in um, good, good old good old Fluky, Josh Fluke. Um, I think he's he's got as you said, got great pace, great game awareness, um, better defender than what people realise as well. And yeah, just one of those players that's going to be an absolute star for the future. And then speaking of another back row that's kind of flying under the radar, Liam Wright, like he's can play six, seven, eight. Such a weapon when fit, and he's just kind of coming in nicely into this red side after dealing with a lot of injuries. I think he's one of those people that can really, really push his case. I think it was on Eddie's list. I mean, whether that list is real or not, we don't know. Like, Eddie's the type of person to put out a fake list, so we can't be sure. <laughs> but I think, I think those, if you're looking for a serious bolters for a World Cup, they're your five to look out for. Um, Josh, how about you? What are you, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that the bolters are going to be these debutants, to be honest. I think we're seeing a real nice turnaround um, with the abilities. And, and I'll agree with Ryan Lonergan. I think that Noss played 80 minutes. He deserves a start. Like, dear God, that dude's got an engine on him. And he's got a little bit of toe. Um, definitely, definitely. Corey Tool, definitely. Mate, I haven't seen anyone move that fast in my life, but, over five metres. That's okay, freakish. He's a winger, right? So yeah. you'd think Corabetti and Callaway have got those locked down. No, absolutely not. No way, not anymore. I think the open the open forum for the the back line itself, for how Eddie wants to create a strong defense system, which obviously I'm sure we'll talk about that defensive option that he's already nominated. And then you know, the ability for players to move within small compartmentalized field positions. Like, how the hell does Corey Tool move on a five-cent piece? Like, he just does. He just holds the space. He's extremely strong through the hips. And he reads play really, really well. I think that's, you know, he's an absolute bolter for sure. I don't think that anyone... You know what? I just think... I think the entire Wallaby squad, the training squad anyway, to begin with in the wider training squad, should I say, uh, is going to, you know, make some people question what he's doing. Interesting. Um, strong through the hips, eh? Um, who else? Lost in thought there, Nick. Ah! the hips don't lie, and he's just... He's lost, yeah, yeah, lost, yeah, yeah, yeah. lost in the Oh, no, sorry. I, I could just see myself in the mirror. <laughs> um... <laughs> um uh, but Josh, who else? Who else? Apart from Dreamy, Dreamy, Corey O'Toole. No, what's um, this thing? Tool. Hotline Corey? You keep calling my tool. It's just Corey Tool. It's Tool. What's tool. that thing from The Simpsons, though? Corey um, Corey Hotline. Is that hot li- yeah, Corey Hotline. Yeah. There might be a meme in this coming here, boys. Um, Nathan, can you please tell if he gets picked, the social media manager for rugby has to do that. Rugby are you. I think Steve Lenthal's already got us covered. Like, he, that's his... I'm not stepping on his toes. He's, he's first in line for the Corey Hotline. He's already <laughs> he's already signed up. He's paying the service. Like, but that's, that's 100%, good, 100% if it's coming. <laughs> I think um, Wilson as well from the Reds. I think he's definitely trying to show that he's got the ability to play eight all day, every day. Uh, yeah. I think that with the, again, the way that Eddie will sort of bank on defense more so than an, a, an attack focus. I think that he'll be definitely an option. Um, but yeah, as well as with Ryan, Lachlan, Lonigan, I think they're definitely going to be, I reckon they could almost push like a, you know, a new Australian twin starting, to be honest. Um, another yeah. brother's pair. We seem to do well when the brothers like the, the Fiangas, are working. Fiangas. Yeah, like the Fiangas, Ella's like, you, you know, <laughs> Put it all in there. Um, I, I think that there's just, I don't know. I, I couldn't. I definitely couldn't pick a team right now with with who's all up and coming right now in all the squads. I think there's so much new blood that the old blood's about to get a rude shock. And I think Eddie will see that and go, "Hey, if if you're not going to listen and you're not going to do, and I don't think you're good enough, that's that. It's you know the young fellas go." You know, we do, you've seen it before. He'll pull uncapped players into a, a squad mm. very quickly and, and cap them because he yeah. thinks that they meet his requirements. 
Yeah. I reckon that um that Latu fella playing for the Waratahs is looking pretty good. Oh, of course Jesus you Christ. Jesus Christ. Honestly, I'm surprised it took you this long to bring him up. Like, yeah. that's... that's Here we go. Who had, who had, uh... Who had, like, last ten minutes of the podcast? I had... I had it for last comment of the podcast. What's the payout? Ooh, that's a good What's bet. What's the payout? That's a good bet. Can we, can we just comment on how much louder Nick's microphone is than anyone else's? Is that like a... Uh, how about now? I'm, I'm, I'm taking a step back. Is this like... <laughs> it's a big boy's microphone. Yeah, it. yeah. ASMR um, style. Yeah, yeah. Latu, whatever his name is, Tim or something. Tim Latu. Um, anyway. Not, not Timmy. Timmy boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Tolu, okay, Timmy, Timmy Latu. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess finally, uh, the kind of big news from the week which we have to talk about is um, Brett Hodgson being chosen as Wallaby's defence coach. Um, I've been hearing a lot of cries that, you know, when you bring this guy in from the outside, there's a lot of shoot shield. Well, grassroots uh, guys who should have been picked instead. Um... <laughs> oh, that that hurts! How true oh that my is. God. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit you up, Nathan. Um, do you, I mean, do you have more to shed on this? Well, he, com- he comes in as um, essentially was doing the similar role under Eddie before he got sacked in England. Um, has done done a lot of work done work in union before was more as a kicking consultant coming from that league background um, again it's it's a very Eddie move isn't it bring someone in from rugby league who brings a different skill set but maybe just something what we need maybe just provides that ability to break down a attack and a shape when you know a lot of the I find a lot of the league you know the union attack is starting to float to that to be a bit more leaguey than it has in the past so I don't know, it's one of those things. It's tough It's tough to judge when we haven't seen him actually put a defensive structure into place. We don't know what he's going to bring to this job, so I'm, I'm willing to give him a patience and see what he's like. Yeah, it's interesting. I kind of like it. It's, um... Yeah, it's definitely out of there. Um, outside the square. Uh, Josh, you're a coach, aren't you? Um... I would like to think so. They've uh, yeah. asked me to do it there at Medowie, so, uh, I, yeah. The, uh, the rumour is he gave Andrew Johns a call. Um, oh, look, I just asked him to put in a good word, and he did. It's a nice yeah. day. Uh, yeah. No, definitely not. Just retract that statement. Uh, that is false <laughs> and misleading. No, but, um, yeah, no, look, uh, I, I, I think it's a unique move. You know, I've seen what he did, you know, in the Super League when he went to Hull FC... He did really, really well for a period of time. And then, you know, coaches curse. You do well, team gets complacent, things happen around you. Um, you know, and, and as a fullback himself in rugby league, he was very aware of game, you know, game stats, game movements, the chess piece of players. I think the exciting thing about it is that because he's a fullback and used to playing at speed, the new laws are definitely something that he'll be able to coach to in a defensive structure um, and and getting that hustle. I just don't know if he has the ability to understand the depths and technicalities of defense in rugby, though, like in itself, where it's not just the tackle that's defense in rugby. There is the ruck. Um, there is the more component. Do we lift, you know? Uh, I believe it was the Brumbies showed great adaptation of lifting and holding players up or was the Waratahs um, in creating malls on the weekend just gone like you know what's his knowledge you know I don't think we've, we've scrutinized that but in saying that Eddie is a free man as they say and I think really the AIU is just following the Eddie train so we'll see what he does I, I, well, he, he has done some work with sale sale sharks in 2012 yeah. But but on more to the but kind of going back to a point Nathan made that you know rugby does is heading in a league direction. I don't necessarily think this is a bad idea. First and foremost, one no. because you know he's a West Tigers boy. Um, at least they pick from a decent club. Oh, there's one in every club. <laughs> God. Um, look, uh, I'm a Tigers household through and through, so uh, I have no complaints about this. You're gonna pick if you're gonna pick a steal from a league club, you may as well steal from one that uh, has all the talent and then loses it due to all the back office issues. Um, but the second thing as well is that 
uh, leaning into this point, I don't necessarily think it's a bad a bad idea for us. You know, there's all this been all this talk about raiding the league for t- league for talent, and part of me thinks that you know, no other uh, club or no other code in the world or nation in the world has the access to rugby league like you know Australia does, and maybe that actually could be used as a as a weapon um, and a potential positive. Uh, if the game is heading in a direction similar to rugby league to try and play in a faster style, maybe why not lean into that and lean into that skill set? And I think it's been interesting to note that, you know, Eddie's been chatting with the likes of Phil Gould, chatting with, chatting with all the, the league uh, legends and, and, you know, mentors in that space. I don't think this could, I don't think this is a bad idea at all. To be, to be honest, I, I can actually really see that. And and where I see that the most in rugby at the moment is that scrum half at the scrum, right? Can't go past the centre line. They're bouncing out and creating the extra flat line defender. And they're taking the quick cover defence, which is exactly what they're doing in rugby league. You see that structure. And, and the Blues have got it nailed. Their they're, they're defence off the, the scrums now is phenomenal. But it's so rugby league that that singular cannot go down to the the back of the scrum and annoy anyone you know i train and and coach my nines to annoy the shit out of the players that's their job um but here we go um where where is it now it's all it's all this brand new structured play um i think though as long as um we never ever get rid of actually pushing in the scrum that i'll stay a loyal rugby fan but if that ever happens I'm Holy out of here. Shit. I'm out of here if that happens. Yeah, it's gone. No, nah, nah. I mean, the, literally, the the freaking scrum in rugby league is a fucking joke. Let's be honest; it's a waste of space. Hey, but before we start turning away potential viewers, <laughs> I just wanted to say I hope <laughs> any rugby league recruit comes over. I hope it's Matthew Johns, and I hope he becomes Eddie's PR advisor. <laughs> anyway, um, we got some hot news off the literally press. right now. Luckily, we are with one of those press people, a journalist, Nathan Williamson from rugby.com.au. Nathan, what is the news? The only news is in. He's been suspended for one week. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. One week. One week. Damn. Righto. Damn. Done. All right. <laughs> Move on. Sounds about Move right. Uh, Wait, great job, guys. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> cool. You heard it here first. Yep. He, uh, he got banned because people probably thought he should be banned for some reason or another um, uh, because he literally told people he was going to sit their throat on the rugby field. Um, I thought weird. he was just showing how to gill a fish. Very weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, or like where he's going to get his next tattoo. Who knows? Um, <laughs> cool, I think... <laughs> I think I think that's all. I think we kind of covered everything. Um, I hope you're still listening. I think um, there's still one uh, other other signing news. Didn't something else just come up earlier oh, tonight? Oh yeah, Nathan. I'll let you. It's your the journalist, tuck, and... the tucked in bandit himself, Pete Samu. So, what's happening? The word is he is off to Bordeaux, um, Bordeaux in France for on a two year deal. After the World Cup. After the World Cup, of course. Thank God. Big big loss. I mean, he's. One of those players that just hasn't really found his spot. You know, he plays, plays eight for the Brumbies, but it's never, you know, that spot seems to be between a Valentini or Wilson or a Gleason at this point. He's just mm. but he's really thrived whenever he's been thrown onto a field. So he's just kind of found himself at this point where he's just kind of in no man's land. But, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be... It's, it sucks for the Brumbies' depth and he's going to be heading overseas. But, I mean... Honestly, fair play to him. Yeah, you got you got to make the money while you can. We well, so. probably saw Lockie Swinton and got a bit spooked. Um, he's taken my probably job. saw Lockie Swinton and there was nothing there because he was such a non-presence. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm um, gonna miss the tuck. Uh, I'm gonna miss the tuck. Uh, yeah, mm. it's a sad that he has gone to a fashion capital to really capitalise on his on tuck. This yeah, high level of fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, sad news. Cool. All right. I think that's all. I think we've covered everything. Um, I don't think there's more to add. I think uh, just a quick roundup before we go. Uh, this weekend, uh, we've got uh, Chiefs and Highlanders and the Rebels and Waratahs on Friday. Um, and then on Saturday, we've got four games in a row. I don't know why 
they hate playing games on Sunday. We've got four games on Saturday, which is Drewer and Crusaders, Hurricanes and Blues, Brumbies and Reds, which uh, Nikki mentioned probably about half an hour ago, um, and Force Moana. Um, so, uh, I'd probably the highlight would be Hurricane and Blues, which would be the, the second game on the Saturday, probably at five, I reckon. Brumby's um, red. Sure. red. Sorry, Brum- I mean, look, I think we're slightly biased given uh, where we are. Oh, yeah, yeah, but like in terms of like quality, but yeah, Brumby's Reds always. So it's basically it's a dash up um, between Hurricanes Blues and Brumby's Reds for for match of the round. Let's call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, although you know you might see Latsu and Swinton rampaging against Rebels, but um, each to their own, I guess. Um, but yeah, cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, um, it'd be great to see where the Reds are at against Brumbies. Um, Brumbies looking formidable. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, actually no, okay, yeah, that might be the game of the round. Hurricanes Blues, what a what a great Saturday <laughs> night! I tell you what, I'm I'm excited for that. I've also got a whole day of rugby trials uh, in Newcastle as well. So but it's yeah. a very big rugby day. I uh, I'm going to call it out though, uh, Moana to upset the Force. And come out on top as the upset of the week. Um, and I'm just curious if the Chiefs might be able to put 50 unanswered points on the Highlanders <laughs> yeah. uh, as well for the first re- first game of round three. I just think that there's just something about them. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're playing the style of rugby that seems to be taking points by storm. Um, so, you know, like the I think... The ball of rugby. Yeah, they're... Yeah, they're... They're the Chiefs. I don't know where else to bloody put it, boys. I don't, I don't think Josh got that reference, but that's fine. No. If we're talking predictions, how about we do this? Rebels beat the Tars. Is this before or after you wake up? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just assume that the, the second half actually continues for once. One, The one-off performance actually becomes two. And, they, and this time they win. Can, can we... What's what's the upsets of the round? I think Rebels, yes, and Moana, yes. Yeah. I just can't see the Highlanders being the Chiefs. Sorry. I'm, I'm with you on Moana. I think Moana, if there's any upset this round, I think Moana. I, I give the Reds a chance as well. They always get up for the game against the Brumbies. And the Brumbies have had two really tough games to start up the True. season. Oh, yeah. all, dep- all depends on what kind of teams are named. Uh, you know, does White and Alessio come back into the starting lineup? Uh players rested because we don't know under this you know this, these stand down laws of the Wallabies but I, I give the Reds a better chance than most others yep mm. like that that's a good that, that's a very good point well I knew, uh, I knew Chiefs and Highlanders are both play, paying the same oh actually oh okay <laughs> also <laughs> they're, 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 no, they're playing the same if your line is a, uh, so Chiefs the line is minus is 23.5 so they're paying the same if the uh, the Highlanders. All I'm saying uh, is lose by twenty four. I'm I'm I can't legally bet, but I would be all over the draw. At <laughs> oh, hey, hey, Josh, here you go. Chiefs win by fifteen plus is paying one dollar twenty seven. Oh, it's a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, cash what, out. What, what about over the old fifty? I still reckon they can put fifty on them. I, I just they, they don't I have can, fifty here. Uh, we've had. Do, do, what has it been? Each round, there's been a 50-plus point game, hasn't there, so far? So, yeah, round one, round one was uh, 20... Chiefs over the Crusaders. Uh, Chiefs over the Crusaders. Um, no, 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 that was 30, 10 to 31. The Blues beat the Highlanders 60 to 20. And yep. then round two, uh, Crusaders beat the Highlanders 52 to 15. And the Reds 71. And then the Chiefs <laughs> 52. Over the Moana. Yeah, so I think that goes with without saying that the speeds have definitely picked up. The points are coming through. It's definitely more entertaining. I think the first two rounds have been more entertaining than the entirety of the last two seasons, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that that's something that is sad for me to say, but it is the truth. Uh, so let's get some more upsets, boys. And uh, yeah, Nath, Reds, Reds to beat the Brumbies, mate. Cool, very cool. And also, I guess my probably prediction of the round is Lions get another Fifer um, in the cricket. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, <laughs> all right.
thanks everyone for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to this pod as much as I did hosting it, which is uh, a lot. Hope you have a good week. Um, I hope you enjoy the rugby this weekend, and let's go, Lockie Swinton and Tolu Latu. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really silly question. You know, rugby's a game of 15 players on the, on the field. When we're attacking, we're attacking weak defenders. We're looking for weak defenders. Why would we run at the strongest defenders? So if Martin's there and, and sorry, what's your name? Nick, and Nick's there, we're not going to run to Martin, are we? <laughs> Guys, can you just send my best wishes to Warren and make sure he enjoys the third and fourth playoff? <laughs> Fuck Do you need to be prompted by Nathan again? Do I need to be Help what? You? Prompted by Nathan. Oh, I thought you said pumped by Nathan. I was like, I haven't even had a date yet. Um, <laughs> no, but... <laughs> hey, man, <tell> you that. <laughs>